Gus, go with the theme song. This is Bernie Burns. I am Jeff Ramsey. Gus Cerola. Hey, everyone. It's a podcast. I think that's copyrighted. I, I, I think that is no, the most used song. sound bite we have out of the entire podcast when being remixed into a theme song is Jeff going the ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And then and now, I, fuck, I just did it. Now you're in it. Now I'm in it, too. And somehow Coke made money off of that. <laughs> it's, that that's McDonald's, I think, Joel. McDonald's? <laughs> uh, I'm sure Coke, Coke is involved in there somehow. The same company. Hey, we have a guest. Let's yes. Speak. We have a special guest. Yeah, hi guys. I'm Bernie Burns. Glad to be here. Third week in a row. I know. Welcome back. I'm very excited. It's almost like I'm working for a <laughs> No, we have another special guest who's we have even less than Bernie. Hello. That's uh Eric Doty, aka DMZilla. Yes. And DMZilla works at Xbox Live. In, now tell us exactly what you do at Xbox Live. I am a community coordinator. Uh, I do many different things. I work on the same team as Major Nelson and Trixie. So you like the generally is that just marketing events kind of a thing, or do you actually like run Xbox Live community as well, like the actual software as well? Because I know um, on on Major Nelson's podcast they have Laura Lollipop who's on there, mm-hmm. and she's part of the programming. Now is that all part of one big group? No, actually, uh, Laura is an SDET. She does testing and some coding. I thought all you guys did were like hand out achievements and ban people. Yeah, well, we do that too. Oh, so okay, no, that's not, cool. So not, if, not if you want someone banned on it, contact Zilla. He's the one. Oh, great! No, <laughs> but I instantly got a hundred messages. Right now. <laughs> no, don't 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 flatter our podcast that much. You got like two, maybe. Yes. And Zilla's in town because this week is South by Southwest, which is the festival that we have every year in Austin, which started off as just a music festival, then it became a music and movie festival. Then it was, for a really short period of time, it was called Multimedia, but then I guess they thought Multimedia sounded too much like... Yeah, but then the late 90s ended. <laughs> yeah, then it was like too much like Encarta on CD-ROM, <laughs> so then it became the Interactive Festival, yeah. which is essentially wh- a wh- festival when- of people who know each other online getting together to meet each other in person. And when did the douchebag level of the festival get added in? I'm a little unclear on that timeline. <laughs> I, I probably would that be was def- early on, probably. Yeah, the year they invented the festival badge, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know when that was established that you had to have a badge. I saw my first badge the day before South by Southwest started this year. Some woman was walking down the street wearing it. I thought, there's no fucking reason she should be wearing that right now. So she was wearing a badge to get into events that weren't yet happening. Right. That's she was cool. like a time traveler or something. That's pretty cool. I probably should have tackled she it. That, like they wouldn't let her into her hotel or something <laughs> unless she has. Maybe she thought she would get to the front of the line to get coffee at the coffee shop or something. Speaking of which, it's it is because fucking that's what happens. That's what happens to us for an entire week while we're down here. Is like all of a sudden you'll be standing in line at the coffee shop that we stand in line at every day, and then someone will just cut in front of you. They don't understand how the line the works. They don't understand how the line works. They think the badge gives them rights to cut in any line anywhere at any time. I think it's like a clipboard. I want a badge like that. Or they just really don't like you. That very, could very that could be it too. Maybe they understand. Maybe you're the, you're the ones who don't understand. They're the, one, they're the ones getting coffee before I you. I mean, it, it's true, right? I mean, I yeah. told I told the lady at the coffee shop next door that we were in the process of moving to a new building. Mm-hmm. Which did she cry? She every I, I thought she was going to shed a tear. Every really single did. coffee shop that is near whatever office is like there. It's always horrific news you to know, hear that we're moving. Away. After we moved away from the office in Buda, that coffee shop did close down. It is true. That coffee shop no longer exists. That doesn't speak well for the coffee shop here in Congress. So you know, you know what the strategy is. Of course, is just open a coffee shop where <laughs> it's going to be. You're going to make money. Can we do a little bit of management by podcast? Would that be okay? Let's do it. Okay. 
Joel, you, Joel, we've worked together a very long time, right? Oh, it's going to be good. So, so, so Joel has played Joel has played Caboose, but Joel was out in L.A. He had a bunch of acting gigs out in L.A., and so he recently joined us in the office in Austin. I say recently now; it's been what two years essentially at this point. Feels like you moved like moved from L.A. to Austin. Feels longer. And uh, and so Joel's been doing a lot of work and doing a lot of traveling, and just for whatever reason, Joel did not have a company credit card, um, which we saw the Microsoft company credit card courtesy of Zilla the other day. He didn't buy anything for us, but uh, <laughs> well, we saw it. I just like to wave it around. Memorizing the numbers. was It's got the jewel in the middle of it. You can pull up your account balance and stuff. It's really weird. There's a lot of achievements left on that card. And uh, So anyway, so Joel was one of the last people to get a company credit card. And Joel, how long did you bug me to get a company credit card? Would you say it was two months straight? I, I love where this is going. Uh, where is this going? What? <laughs> So the company, and the company credit card we use for traveling and all that stuff. And I already Joel's have like, my Joe's like, I, I, I need to travel. I got to book hotel rooms. I need, the, I need the credit card because I just I can't stand getting hotel rooms and going through Gus again. I just need it. I need it. So I was like, Joel, I'm very sorry. I'll get it for you. Joel finally gets his credit card. His first charge that I get, his first monthly statement, dollar seventy nine at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why the, way, the way you justify that. The way that that's justified is that it's it's only like about you know ten percent of my general coffee expenditures. So therefore, it's totally. So you spent seventeen ninety at Starbucks that day. Probably. You know, with the amount of money. Is that, that was, surprising to you? <laughs> he put, why would that be surprising to you? He put the tip on the credit card. But with the amount of money that we spend that ends up like coffee on you know our corporate budget, if there is such a thing, when we move away from this coffee shop, we could probably buy our own goddamn one of those what, machines. Why don't we? It is. Why don't we buy? Why don't we? I bet it would be cheaper if we buy one of those machines and hire a barista to run it. No, I, I don't think that's the case. I think so. I think it would I think be, we should do that. I think it would be cheaper to buy a machine and more entertaining to watch Joel burn himself with steam <laughs> like once a week. That would be funny. <laughs> I think our healthcare premiums would go up if we got one of those machines in our office. God, that'd be sweet if we had one of those. But now, like, like you guys, Zilla, you guys just moved into a huge new campus, right? Yeah. Uh, we Do have they have a coffee machine? Five or six new buildings. Well, we have our own coffee stands with baristas, and then we also have the Starbucks machines. Do you have to pay for any of that, or is it all complimentary? Uh, the machines are complimentary. Mm. Interesting. They I also... Like- they also Microsoft has those big coolers everywhere. Of just you can go up and grab a drink. Yeah, that's true. And they have that one drink that I've never seen anywhere in the world. Oh, oh, oh! oh. Talking <laughs> rain. Talking rain. Yeah. I, I've only ever seen that in Microsoft. I don't even know where it comes from. That's like the Soylent Green of King County or something. <laughs> Talking rain why. comes from the Crying Mountains. Don't hey, what you know is anything? It's like a cup of coffee. What? No, it's just no. water. No, it's uh, carbonated. Kool-Aid, essentially. Carbonated Kool-Aid. I don't know what kind of shitty Kool-Aid you had as a kid, (laughs) but they have different flavors. It's like seltzer water in a can, Mm -hmm. and there's different colors at the top, the little band that tells you what quote-unquote flavor it is. If it's red flavor or green flavor. Yeah, then it tastes like – the red ones taste like copper, (laughs) and the blue ones taste like bluish copper. (laughs) They all have that same kind of mineral taste to them. That's how you know it's it's good for you. It, it's, it's fortified. It's very suburban because they don't have real flavors like grape and cherry. They're all like mixes of like kiwi, strawberry, and banana chocolate. I, I don't. I'm just banana chocolate. Banana chocolate sounds awesome. No, that would be awesome. No, they're all like mixes of different fruits you would never put together in reality. So it's like their strategy is like once you have one and you discover how bad it tastes, and it's like, well, I haven't tried this one. Yeah, talking rain. Apparently, the rain says yuck. <laughs> Here, here, Joel. I've, I pulled up a picture on Google Image Search for you. So I guess I'm sorry. It, I meant Bing. I meant I pulled it up on Bing. I <laughs> in case anyone's wondering, I guess Jeff's out on Bing. vacation this week. Uh, that's why he's not in the podcast today. 
and he, we, we hear from him like once a day about how not being at work is the greatest thing ever. And, uh, he doesn't want to talk about it too much because he doesn't want to rub it in our face that he's having so much fun at South by Southwest and we're all stuck at work. Is he going to South by Southwest stuff? Yeah, he's been doing a bunch of free stuff. Oh, okay. Well, all right. We did some free stuff yesterday, right? I guess so. I guess we did. What did we do? You attended the Microsoft or Xbox Live community event at South by Southwest. Which was great. They had Salt Lake Barbecue catered there, which was uh, the greatest thing ever. I haven't been to Salt Lake in years. and It's like, oh, my God. We, you know, our old office in Buda was like four miles from the Salt Lake. And I think that's the last. I haven't, I've not been back to the Salt Lake since we moved away from that office. I lived like a mile away. You know, we mm-hmm. sent for Christmas gifts. We sent these guys uh, at uh, Zilla and Major Nelson's group. We sent them like, what, 25 pounds of Salt Lake Barbecue? Yeah, I, I came back from a meeting, and I had a giant cooler in my cube. Like, it took up my entire cube. And I opened it up, and it just glowed. Like, almost like... Uh, it was like Pulp Fiction? Yes, exactly. You open <laughs> up the briefcase, and it just glows, and you you have tears in your eyes. It's amazing. So they returned the favor by coming down to Austin and buying a salt lick here. That worked Thanks. out pretty well, I think. I thought it did work well. Yeah. Now, if only those other ingrates we sent meat to would do the same thing. And for the first time in my life, I got to meet Major Nelson. That was pretty cool. Is that really the first time you met him? Yeah. yeah I, it was a weird thing where every time he came by, you know, because that guy works constantly, right? And he's always filming something or shooting something for Major's Minute. And every time we were at an event or like Comic-Con or something or PAX at the same time, I would always come back to the booth from wherever I was and I would hear, oh, you just missed Major Nelson. He was just here, you know? I was starting to feel like Clark Kent. I, was, I never realized y'all were never at the same place at the same time. No, nope, I never met him. I person. would have grown suspicious if I had noticed. Yeah, see? It's these dark glasses I wear. I can't tell. <laughs> it's the beard. <laughs> I have to glue my beard on. <laughs> so, you, so you don't realize we're the same person. But that was cool. And we met uh, Laura Lollipop. I still want to meet uh, from your group, uh, uh, Stephen and the Vowel as well. E. You've never oh, met E I, I, I always call him the Vowel because I follow him on Twitter. But yeah, E. Nope. Wow. Well, he's a big NCAA college football fan, which we won't get into because I don't want Jack to come well, running Jack's in. Jack's not here. Tell us about the latest coaching changes in the NCAA. But uh it's always nice to talk to somebody who watches the same kind of sport that you do. Even if you watch this, you know, shitty Pac-10. What, <laughs> what can you do? There's no accounting for taste. Dude, I, the fact that you're even talking about sports in any respect, I I just zoned out. Like, sports are totally beyond me. Really? Yeah. Well, you guys in Seattle, you guys seem to like the, uh, uh, what's that soccer team, the Sounders? The Sounders. Well, mainly because they have Xbox Live on their jersey. We have to like them. Don't, don't, they also practice, don't they also practice at your new campus? Or, uh, don't you have they, a big soccer field there? Yeah, we have an amazing soccer field. I, I won't lie. I, I do like soccer. I do follow some sports, but generally I'm too busy gaming to actually watch anything. But the, the Sounders are amazing guys. They, they come by every once in a while and practice on our field, and uh, generally the team tries our, – our team goes and watches them play in uh, Seattle. They, they drink all your talking rain while you're there, while they're there <laughs> they, after they, practice. They hoard it. That's where their power comes from. Can't, you can't get enough strawberry kiwi. You got to fill up when you can. So what are the what, like? What league does do the Sounders Is that play? MLS? In? Is that, I think it's MLS. Yeah, right? they're MLS. God, I don't follow. That's the one league I just don't follow at all. I would say that didn't clear up anything for me <laughs> at all. Not the <laughs> major league soccer. But like, who's it? Like, how many teams are in MLS? It's like. Twelve, I think. Is it? Is that where uh, what's his name plays? The famous guy that's married. Beckham. To the other? He did. Yeah. yeah, he played for the LA Galaxy. Is he still? Is he still with them? Uh, he went back to the UK temporarily, and he like broke his back or something last week. Did, I'm, he broke his back. Last he broke week. his back. Or was it Achilles tendon or something? Achilles tendon. Yeah. How much did they? How much did they pay him? His contract was outrageous, wasn't it? 
Yeah, his contract was pretty ridiculous. It was like what was it like a hundred million? Am I am I? No, the only reason he he came here is we were the only people still willing to pay him because he's so fucking old. Well, who's the star of the Sounders then? Is he? Do they have some major player on the Sounders? Uh, I, I'm clueless. To what, that. Ha- what happened to that? No, no, see, now you stepped up, so now you have to answer all of our MLS questions. You're the expert now. Yeah, David Beckham oh, has uh, a, has a ruptured Achilles tendon. Achilles? Mm-hmm. That's completely different than broken back. Well, what happened to it's, that? It's dude? all related. <laughs> it's all connected, dude. You don't know. You're not a doctor. It's on the back of the it's foot. Like, he goes from from the back to the butt to the he foot. Meant, when he said the back, he meant the back of the. Foot. The back side of the body. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah, Somewhere I wasn't being specific. I, was, I didn't say the spine. He would, Come have, on. he would have to turn around for you to see his injury. Basically, that's what <laughs> Gus is saying. Gus had just written him off forever because yeah, I got to be thinking, you know, broken back. That's that's it. That's it. <laughs> right? So he's out for the World Cup then. Yeah, he's out for a while. When is the World Cup? It's this summer. The is it? Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with you? South Africa. South. What happened to that? There was that American soccer player. And I can't remember. It was the last World Cup. And it was like people were accusing him of being 14 years old. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He was really good. Yeah, Johnny Pele or something like that. That's I know right. you're talking Johnny Pele. No one knows who I'm talking about right now, right? <laughs> no, I, no, no, I think he was just some prodigy that they were grooming. I don't think they were accusing him of being younger than he, he said he was. They he, just identified there were, him. There were people it's, who were It's, it's the American team, not the Chinese team. But did we talk about before the, the middle school kid that's been officially signed to USC? Have we talked about that? Kid? Well, no. He can't officially be signed, right? I mean, it, 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 I think it's like a pre-sign. Letter, letter of intent. Right? Letter of intent or commitment letter. Yeah. Yeah. But it was some. It was some For, middle football? school. Yeah, quarterback. What? Yeah, quarterback. You, you, you know, you have no idea at that age. Well, like, that that's the thing. Like he signed a letter of commitment to them. I don't think they can reciprocate. I could be t- totally wrong on this. Did they give him a promise like, ring? That's exactly what happened, right? It's like it's like for USC. It's like they didn't. It's for them, it's like they signed a prenuptial, basically. No, they don't have to take him. What it is is that USC Pete Carroll passed him a note that said, "Will you be our quarterback? Check yes or no." (laughs) He did it in the lunchroom. That's how he did. The kid checked yes, and now he's committed. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. David Sillis, thirteen-year-old middle school quarterback. What? Kid's hot. Is he? (laughs) I bet. Looks like Andy Gibb. There's a reference no one's going to get. Who, uh, how the hell can you tell what kind of skills that this, this kid's going to develop? But he's going to USC. I bet the girls are lining up for him now. Fucking future millionaire. Do you think middle school girls would have an appreciation for someone who's... No, but middle school girls have parents who have an appreciation for someone who's going to be a fucking millionaire. <laughs> Look at you. What kind of world did you grow up in? <laughs> where people are trying to marry off their daughters in middle school. Shit, they're not going to be millionaires. They better hook up with one. <laughs> Here, honey, you can build a better life. Go <laughs> This will be sh- this will help us make sure we're not in some crappy nursing home. Do God. it for us. God, USC. I mean, what's and then like- so Pete Carroll re- recruits this guy and then fucking takes off. Yeah, what? and then Pete Carroll's gone, right? Uh, we shouldn't talk about coaching changes. All right, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We got into it, didn't we? We <laughs> so, came full circle. Somehow, it, somehow it came back. All right, let, let me so, just- so, did you guys see that uh, Crackdown Two has an official release date now? July sixth. July sixth. So we'll be playing Crackdown. We're going to get our Crackdown Two playing interrupted by Comic Con this year. God, you guys love that game. Yeah. The game was really good. Hunting those orbs, man. That took forever. That's one of the coolest achievements, I think, on the 360. You think Jeff's going to remember he can lock on to stuff now? You ever play that game, Zillow? Crackdown? Crackdown? Oh, I loved Crackdown. We make fun of Jeff all the time because he played through the entire game without realizing you could pull left trigger to lock on to stuff. He beat the final boss. He beat the entire game without ever locking on to anything. So imagine jumping off the top of a skyscraper and manually aiming while you're falling and shooting at stuff. That is impressive. It is. <laughs> he, he has to be like the greatest gamer of all time. <laughs> or the worst. Not really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how that works at all. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. How did you, how did you get your job at Xbox? Can we talk about that at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, letter that's of intent. 
Yeah, you were 13 years old. <laughs> they were there, there, you. there was a promise ring involved, and uh, we courted for a while. Now, um, I noticed a lot of people in community roles, they, they always say luck. When, yes. When they get, I mean, there is no real career path because I think at some point a community person has to be directly involved with the product. They have to know it. They, they have to really know it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that that get degrees in marketing and PR, they're fantastic at it, but I'm just stereotyping. They generally aren't the same people that are... Generally not gamers. Yeah. With this product specifically, yeah, they're not gamers. So I'm obviously a gamer, and I started in a contract role propping content to marketplace, like demos and trials and gamer picks and themes and... Then I just kind of started doing competitive analysis stuff. So I would have a PS3 and a Wii and a 360, and I would do uh, reports on comparing the service. And some people think that's weird, but every company does it. Yeah, I, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, and I didn't do the real um, deep stuff. I just did it as a gamer. This is what I see, and it was my dream job essentially. You know, and then eventually I just worked up to a community role and working with Major Nelson. That was over like a two and a half year period. How did you end up like? How did you end up in that group specifically? Uh, I begged a lot. Is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. So it was like an internal transfer at that point. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, I, so I, you were, you were the annoying contract employee. Yeah, I was like, I want to work there. I want to work there. <laughs> over and over, there were emails and no, it worked out really well. And I think people realized that like how passionate I was about the product and they're just it, it was a good fit. You know there's a very famous saying that that luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity, which I think is probably pretty telling. So anyone who says or uses the word luck, that's usually the way things happen, right? You're just prepared for something, you do as good a job as you can and then you recognize an opportunity when it comes up. And you send 15 emails a day. Yeah. <laughs> like Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption or that guy who just got out of jail that we were talking about last week. I don't think there are any emails in Shawshank Redemption. I could be wrong, but I think you may have seen a different movie. <laughs> well, wouldn't you let the guy in prison if he invented email in 1958? <laughs> I know I would. But yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, so it sounds like you just you know get your foot in the door with a contract job and then annoy your way to the top. What's your yeah, exactly? What's your achievement score? <laughs> Does that matter? Do you guys? I mean, uh, is, is that, that part of it? Is that, that part of the part job of your... application? Do you have to write down what your gamer score is? Uh, no, but they they generally ask. It's funny in our org especially in the Microsoft Game Studio side, uh, certain people you talk to, if you start a conversation, the first thing they ask you is, what are you playing right now? Really? Yeah. I mean, I would think that's the way it would work all the time. Like, I would think at Xbox that you guys would all have Xboxes on your desk, and we would have to interrupt you from playing games in order to get stuff done. How much, yeah, how much of your day is gaming? Uh, Lately, not much, unfortunately. Yeah? But usually an hour, easily. Do you guys sort of have a favorite game right now? Uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Nice. For, I'll, I'll for, drink to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm well known around the office for stabbing everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm, so is Gus. <laughs> so uh, sometimes I'll jump into a game uh, with my friends. And I'll get thrown on the other team. At, but we'll be in a party talking, and th- they get very upset, especially uh, Stephen Toulouse, Stepto. Like, he... he uh, he keeps talking about it. Like even on the Major Nelson podcast, he's like, he uh, he talks about my cackling because I'll start giggling, 
and he knows I'm behind him, and then I'll stab him, and I just let out this horrible cackle laugh. Because <laughs> I mean, the stab animation in that game is probably slow enough as it is. The fact that you're able to fit in cackling in there somehow—I yeah. mean, uh, I have to question this guy's. Is that like a proximity thing where you can hear people over chat, or you can physically hear him in the next room? No, I think he said he was in party chat. Yeah, we're in party chat. Oh, you're in party chat together. Okay. Yeah, the well, I went from Modern Warfare Two where. You have that, the perks, that, and you're, it's like an instant stab. Right, and, and that's the lunge. thing. I think everybody is going through that right now, you know, where it was like that was a game. Everybody's coming from that game to this game, and so it's like that's one of the glaring differences, right, is that stab, you know, it's just so different. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels like a second-and-a-half animation because oh, you draw yeah. your arm up, but then you stab down. Yeah, it's just it takes – it seems like it takes forever, Yeah, but I, it's still I, a great game. I want to set my ringtone as the little dog tag sound. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I just want to fly the little helicopter all the time. That's the U- all I want to do. UAV. I shot one yeah. down with a rocket launcher the other day. I was so fucking happy. Uh, that, that's like it's like hitting it's like hitting a dime and floating in the air. It fucking sucks. <laughs> hitting a needle in a haystack with another needle in a yeah. haystack. Still, still haven't played it. I finally finished Mass Effect though, so I'm done. So you're on the Mass Effect two, right? Uh yes, sort of. Not really. Kind of. Kind of. Would you say you finished Mass Effect? I finished Mass Effect how much, 1. He 100%ed how, much the, how much of the game did you complete? I 100%. I got all really? the achievements. You did 1,200 points. How, 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 how many, many playthroughs? A lot. No, I really don't want to talk about it. I'm kind of shell-shocked <laughs> from my that, Mass That Effect. is the thing. Like It reaches that point where it's like, God, what a great game. I totally want to play that game. I know I don't have the hours. I just don't have the hours. Well, it was the thing where I said last week that the achievements forced me to overplay the game. It, they they design those achievements a little bit too robustly. Yeah, I kind of wish that was a trend that would stop, but um, who am I? But what are you going to do? I mean, you can't design achievements right so that everybody gets a thousand points in it. There's another there's another side well, of achievements no, too. Where I mean, when you, you do know, get your last achievement, you're done with the game at that point. You feel like you have this weird. Or at least I do feel like I have closure. Where it's like, okay, I don't ever have to come back to this the way game. I but feel. My, my is, feeling is, if you're marketing a game and I get that experience of I've gotten the thousand achievement points, I'm done with this game. Okay, make the next one. I will buy it. Okay, that can be a big time period, though. My my feeling, you know, obviously I feel differently about achievements than you guys do. If I play through the campaign, you know, and I'm a good gamer, I should probably get about 50% of the of the achievements. And then playing some multiplayer, I should probably, you know, easily, you know, you know, invest in some more time, maybe 80%. And then the last 20%, the last fifth, should be the hard ones to get. I think you're, I, I, you're right. I, I think, think you're I think right. it's a little too skewed right now. Like, I can yeah. play through a game... You know, all the way through the campaign, I can play some multiplayer, and I can end up with 20% of the achievements. That, that That's you're, bullshit. You're absolutely right. right. I, I, I feel like if you generally get through the main campaign, you should at least get mm-hmm. 50% of the achievements. You're I, absolutely right. I think you do. Not oh, most of the time. not at all. I, I think not, you do. No, no, no way. Uh-uh. I mean, it depends if the game has, like, collectibles or, you know, things like that, but... I would think most of the time you play through the campaign, you get about 50%. You're you're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm going to pull up my gamer card right now. You're not a good gamer. You're a bad example. I, I, I am a bad gamer. I, I'm, I'm pretty new to this. You plow through. It really depends on the style of game, though. Sure. I mean, I mean it comes down to, like, if you play a traditional Japanese RPG, I mean, or uh, I think Bayonetta even, I played through that, and I don't think I got 50%. Well, I mean, yeah, I know, I know play, Bayonetta was bad about that. If you the main that, yeah. campaign in Modern Warfare, that's not. Although, I guess if you play in veteran, I'm still not convinced. If you play on veteran and that's all you do, you complete the main campaign single player on veteran. I, I'm not convinced you get over 33 percent of the achievements. My, you know, be careful though, because I don't think that's right at all. Don't forget, I could be wrong. Modern Warfare Two wrong. has zero multiplayer achievements. None. Okay. Yeah, it's all campaign. And I can look up because I just no, I that's just did right. A, that's right. It's I just did a campaign. straight run through the Modern Warfare, campaign. and I can tell you, I think I have fifty percent of those guys. I think Mass Effect Two was done well. I felt like when I was done with it, 
And I'm looking here. I got 42 out of 51 achievements, and I played through that game only once. You know, not really trying to get any achievements. I think that was that was done well. One of the craziest things about the 360 is that the thing that I bought four years ago is nothing like the thing that's on my shelf today. Oh yeah, this this generation of uh, gaming platforms is just insane. It it completely revolutionized how I think we view gaming platforms overall. I mean, I remember getting my Super Nintendo, and that never changed. And then you no. Know, I mean, I've owned every Nintendo console ever made. And, like, you get the Nintendo 64 and they release a game like Perfect Dark and you play it. But then, if I remember correctly, you didn't get the full experience unless you went out and bought that little memory unit. Right. The expansion pack. Yes. It was was for that and Star Fox 64, I believe. Yeah. And maybe Majora's Mask. There were a couple. I'm pretty sure it was four megs of memory. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was tiny. I mean, even to go buy it at a pawn shop, I think it's still 12 bucks, which is more than most thumb drives. It just doesn't make sense. But now, I mean, you're getting complete new experiences on consoles just through software. Well, and I think that's important from a hardware manufacturer's perspective because they want to give the console more a longer lifespan in order to recoup, you know, money lost early on in the, in the console's life. Mm-hmm. And I think by, you know, constantly providing these updates there, you know, refreshing it, adding new features, and making it so they don't have to come out with a new platform as quickly. It's always astonishing to me that basically you're dealing with a box where it's like the hardware is the same. The hardware is the same, you know, but it seems like with different generations of games, they definitely get significantly better on using the same hardware. No, yeah, that's that's a trend that always happens, is that developers like it's learn how to use the hardware. Yeah, it seems like it's happening more now than what it used to, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I well could... look at Halo to Halo Two. I mean, that that was on the Xbox, and those two those two games were yeah, dramatically I guess so. different. Yeah. I guess so. Well, I'm I... just thinking about like you know Halo Three, and you look at the, what's going on with Reach, and you look at like the just mm-hmm. the detail, you know. But wow. But then some people also you know hit their stride pretty early on. Like you look at Epic, you know, Gears of War is still a beautiful looking game, and Gears of War Two, you know, yeah, it looked better, but it really wasn't you know that generational leap like you're talking about like between Halo and Halo Two on the original Xbox. Yeah, but arguably launch titles are always you go back and look at launch titles and it looks like they're just that's true. They're almost like safe development bets essentially, <laughs> and I think that's why Halo was so popular, the original one, because it didn't seem like that. It was you know it was it was like the Super Mario that came with your Nintendo. It mm-hmm. was just an incredible launch title. And that's what, I mean, you know, solidified the platform and that franchise. God, I was so broke when the ex- original Xbox launched because I bought the Xbox and four controllers. And at the time, I had to buy a bundle. So I bought, like, Halo and I don't remember. I don't even remember what the other games I got were. Yeah. Because all I played was I played the fuck out of Halo. Yeah, for years. I'm sorry. I played the shit out of Halo. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> but I think it shows a, a shift in general. Like, you talked about the platform. They want to wait, you know, a few years before coming out with a new platform. I think that there's a shift now that the platform is no longer the hardware, that the platform is Xbox Live and what's going on behind the scenes, and that the hardware that you have on your shelf is just your current way to access that platform. It's almost like a cable box given to you by the cable company. Yeah, or, or and you look at now, like the Windows Phone stuff that they've it's been like, putting out, it, that's just another way to access the platform it's now. It's like cloud mm-hmm. computing. Yeah. Don't say that. Then I won't like it if you say that. If you say it that way, you, you, speaking of which, you saw right that um, I, I actually wish the Xbox, the new Xbox stuff, would go more cloud. I would like to have all my save games in the cloud. That would be nice, like kind of like how Steam does it. Yeah, you just log in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's like you know, we carry around our memory yeah, card. It, it seems like that's the way it's going, right? I think so. Now I have to bring something up because I mentioned memory cards. So, Zilla has something that I am very jealous of, and I don't. It's so rare. I don't even know if I could talk about it. 
Is it my epic beard? No, it's not your epic beard. <laughs> Damn it. And, and your, or your Guinness hat, which, by the way, St. Patrick's Day today. So happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody who's wearing green. Zilla has a rare item. He has a black chat pad for his controller. <laughs> and I don't know, was it a prototype or was it just one of those ones that was rarely made? Uh, it's it's just a color test. Um, a, a, every company does this when they make uh, new peripherals. It's just they test out colors and manufacturing process. So this, I mean... This is not something they're producing. Uh, I'm, I actually took the picture when I when I got the job, or not long after I got the job. I'm kind of surprised I didn't get in trouble for it because, you know, rumors start. But it is just one of those things that we had in the back room uh, from one of the accessories guys who I came to know pretty well, and I begged them for it to, to go with my custom controller because I think you've guys seen it where I've, I've taken three different controllers and pieced them together, so it's like uh-huh. a f- Franken-controller. And... uh you know, I'm greedy, so I was like, I need a black chat pad for that. I would kill for a black chat pad and a black memory card. I so think. if I go missing in the next couple hours, it was Bernie. That's exactly right. I, I, did you, I, if I recall correctly, you got the black chat pad by trading him a griffball figure before they were out. Yeah, so give, that I had given you. I, I don't recall where I got. Wow, wow. Shit. I've really been thinking oh, about this, Bernie. He really. <laughs> so in a way, it if you really think about it, it. it just that so... black chat black chat pad belongs to Todd McFarland. Oh, if you fa- think about it, <laughs> I found a link here from some people who I guess do like custom color modification on their Xboxes, and uh, they describe a process to uh, paint your chat pad black and talk about the colors it require you need to use to match the uh, Elite controller. Yeah, that wouldn't work for me. Okay. I would. I have so much wear and tear, my stuff would just eat through it. I know I'd end up with like a blackish chat pad that's white showing through in lots of places. Duplicate color, matte black. No special technique to applying it. Take it slow, light coats, two or three. There nah, you go. Not gonna do it. Thanks though. All right. Well, now that I'm actually here at the podcast, I'm impressed by Gus because he's talking, but the speed at which he browses and searches while we're talking is just <laughs> mind blowing. Well, we used to, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but we used to work at a call center. And, you know, one of the things that you have to learn at a call center is how to listen to like 20 different conversations while you're still doing your own thing and then keep up with whatever, what's going on at all times. It's like working at the drive-thru. It's like working at a drive-thru, at an internet drive-thru. I just feel like throwing out random topics and seeing how fast you can find something out. <laughs> you know, one of our favorite sites that we always hit during the podcast is Box Office Mojo. And Gus, they just redesigned their site over there. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. It's, it's, it's slowing me down. It's all—it's just a bunch of white columns with nothing to delineate the columns. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of white with text. Yeah, actually, the, the, when I first noticed it, I loaded the mobile version uh, on my phone at home. Yeah. And I thought I thought my phone was rendering the page wrong. I was I, like, oh, this is fucked up. I thought the same thing here. It doesn't look like it's loading some kind of layer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what like, is that site? Box Office Mojo is where we go to get all of our box office information. So if you ever hear us talk about the budget... For a movie, or how much a movie made in the last week, or, or what the thirteenth highest grossing movie in nineteen eighty five was. We're usually on Box Office Mojo <laughs> while we're talking about that. Which we, we I, I heard a crazy thing this week, which is that Avatar is already coming out on DVD and Blu Ray. I know it's going to be out in the middle of April. Yeah, I know it's unbelievable. That like, is unbelievable. It right? seems like they're cutting their bo- their their box office run short because if they. Come out with that in April. The movie only opened in December, December. so it's a four-month run. Titanic was in theaters for ten months? Titanic was making $40 million a weekend, like, 15 weeks in. And why wouldn't you want to keep that in your back pocket until Christmas, you know? Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
So what week would this be, Gus? And I can look up the actual box office here for Titanic. Um, $600 million domestically, by the way. I, yeah. I will bet you that during the holiday, they will re-release like a limited edition version. Like in the theaters you're talking about? Uh, well, on physical on, media. Yeah. Oh, that's probably smart. Okay, this, so Titanic came out in January, so let's give it another two weeks. This is week 12 that we're in. In mid-April, Titanic was still making between... 11 and $15 million a week mm-hmm. at this point. We just wrapped up week 12, and Avatar made $11 million. Oh, excuse me, a weekend, that's what it was making, so not even a full week. Oh, okay. I'm looking at week. So what did Avatar make? Would you say, did you say what Avatar made this weekend? This past weekend, it made $6.5 million. And so it's already coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was the number seven movie this past weekend. Wow. It's, yeah, that's crazy. It's also dropped a lot. It's only in 1,700 theaters. I think it got removed from a lot of IMAXs. Uh, for the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that was a good move. Movie, but I think they're going to pull Alice in Wonderland and then put Avatar back. And I think that was the strategy all along, was to give Alice in Wonderland like two or three weeks. Yes, but you're saying that totally makes sense to me. I mean, I, I, I would like thing, to go back and see Avatar. The thing I don't get, though, is Avatar, here locally anyway, Avatar was still selling out at the IMAX. My, my family came to visit me, and I tried to take them to go see Avatar like on a Sunday. I, I don't think it's po- like everything, any narrative that's 3D at that IMAX is always sold out. I guess. Forever. I mean... I I mean, even Batman that wasn't 3D, you know, that was sold out for just forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have heard really good things about the Hubble 3D thing. They've got IMAX now. Yeah, is that out yet? I thought that was just playing here at South by Southwest. Is it actually playing in IMAXs yet? No, I didn't know. Are yeah. they pre-screening IMAX stuff at festivals I, I think so. I think that was like a wow. South by Southwest thing. Look at IMAX, all grown up. <laughs> Who knew? No, but I had read about it maybe even like two weeks beforehand. Uh, what's the Kevin Pereira? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, the person who stands next to Olivia Munn on the back of the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he, he tweeted that, uh, that he had seen it and that you should find any excuse in your life to go see it, which is, you know, that guy, I tend to like the things that that guy likes, including co-hosts. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I would definitely take that as a good recommendation. Now, how do you, how do you guys feel about 3D in general? It like movies, games, any entertainment experience? I feel like it's gimmicky and I think it's, uh, I'm hoping it's a fad. I'm really uncomfortable with uh, having to wear glasses. Already, the fact you know, I already have to wear glasses. That's what I was bitching yeah, about. Th- this, this is my and then problem. Having to wear glasses on top of my glasses is fucking terrible. I, I think the fact that these movies are making as much as they're making makes it inevitable that there's going to be more of it. Well, I, I had always hoped that you know it was such a difficult process and the technology was so you know difficult to deal with that it wouldn't become a big thing. But I think James Cameron supposedly changed a lot of that with Avatar. And help miniaturize it and make it more. Any anything that's going to make that amount of money, they're they're going to figure it out, right? Yeah. But yeah, and they'll attribute <laughs> success to 3D. You know what I mean? Which I don't know. You know, up up I, was I, also I, in 3D. I don't see people going crazy about up being in, you know, an all new kind of movie. I guess it's hard. You know, I don't know. I feel like that if I saw Avatar and it wasn't 3D, and I know I'm probably alone in this. I'm not sure I would have liked it nearly as much. But I think here here we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and. Gus and I are essentially of the same opinion, which is we call this stuff 3D, but it's really not. It's a 2D image you're looking at. No, it's and, it's faked. They just cut it in the layers. And, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's fake 3D. So uh, I like 3D a lot when it comes, and it's going to be holographic and on your desktop, and that'll be really cool. Like, can you imagine playing an RTS where you can, like, turn it, and you can actually see the buildings, and it's in 3D in a, some kind of... You're, like, in the holodeck? Yeah, not, not that big, you know what I mean? But if you had a holographic display, and you, you, know, you could actually see things, that'll be, that'll be awesome, you know? And as, as long as you don't have to wear glasses. As long as, right, as long as it's not this fake 2D thing. It's yeah. an actual 3D image that I, you're looking at. I, and I haven't heard any technology that doesn't involve glasses that 
you know, it's got to have the glasses to work, basically. But uh, well, the, the way you would do it, like if you have the holographic display, like what Bernie's talking about, yeah. like if you have an RTS like here, and you like almost like right, a fake right, chessboard, right. you could do that if you have like multiple is it, cameras is or any, multiple projectors. Is anybody producing that? No, anybody, no, no. Well, yeah. people are working on holographic stuff, sure, but I mean, it's you know that, that's still a ways away. Well, yeah. It's one of those things you never know. It's like all of a sudden one day it'll be here. And well, how do we live without this? You know, yeah. like HD or something like that. That was always out there, DVDs or discs, you know. And then suddenly they were here and you, you can't live without them. But I, I think you'll still wear glasses with those kind of displays just so that when you accidentally turn the display in the wrong way and fire the lasers into your eye and burn out your retina, you know, <laughs> you'll have protective goggles, like a welding mask you'll have to wear. Yeah, it's going to get worse. Well, the, yeah. the future sounds wonderful. <laughs> it does. <laughs> It's, it's it sounds uh, it sounds dangerous and exciting. Maybe you can have like gene therapy, so your your, your corneas get like a, the polarized coating on them directly. You could be like, oh, Vin, like that. Vin Diesel in, in what is it? Oh, pitch black. Pitch black. <laughs> I was gonna say perfect dark. <laughs> <laughs> pitch black, where he had his eyes turned into mirrors. Yep. What did what they had a they had a, they had a thing they called it? What they call it? Was it glassing? It was it glassing? Yeah, I think it was glassing. Something like eyes. that. Yeah. yeah. That movie. Okay, I'm embarrassed that I know that. Man, we went to um, Emerald City Comic Con last week. Uh, for We were in the Halo Waypoint booth for exactly one hour, which was weird to go to a con and be there for just a short period oh, of time. I was there. Sounds, I was there that sounds there. fucking wonderful. Yeah, Joel was there. I Joel. was there like maybe two or three. Okay. I can't remember. So that completely Someone brag, brought brag, brag about it, why don't you? <laughs> completely invalidated. Bernie, Bernie was in and out. And, but it's funny because as soon as Bernie left, Major Nelson was there. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. It's a joke. I just uh, missed him. <laughs> but... uh that was an incredible con experience because of all the cons that I've been to, that was one of the only one that actually focused on comics. Like when you ca- talk about comic cons, they're mm-hmm. no longer about comics in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one really felt like uh, – I was telling Bernie it felt like to me like maybe the San Diego Comic Con in 1985. What, it was just wall-to-wall comics. Jeff and I a few years ago went to WonderCon in San Francisco, and that was like 100% a comic convention. Really? And we did fucking terrible there. Because you're not a comic. Yeah, we were not a comic. We were a total bad fit. We, that's why we have not gone back. But the crazy thing was, was that you went there for a day, right, Dylan? Yeah, I went the day after you were there, so Sunday. There are no big booths. They're all just a lot of the smaller 10 by 10 booths, like the standard size booths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's just rows and rows and rows of them. And every one of these, there's a guy or you know a small company with just stacks of graphic novels out there. And you can walk down the aisle, see probably a hundred different franchises or IP or whatever you want to call it, uh, and they all look awesome, and they all look better than you know what I saw on the cover of Marvel Comics growing up as a kid. Wait, so it's all like independent comics? Yeah, you've never heard oh, of okay. any of these things. You, uh, you, you can't believe the amount of stuff that's out there. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, I thought it was like you know just resellers. I was like, you know, why am I going to buy Captain America from you? I can buy nope. it from that guy for twenty five cents cheaper. Although it does seem like everyone has this. The there is. A franchise that everyone has, like some variation of like the Devil Girl thing. I don't know. It's like everyone's got one of those. Like, a- a- everyone has something that's related to Satanism or steampunk. Yeah, so, like they have their one niche market. Yeah, and they all have to touch that title in mm. some way. But uh, yeah, but it was it was amazing. It's just like I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you all the different things that I saw just walking down one of those. Rows. And I mean, it was crowded. I mean, it, they pulled a lot of people. So that's cool. Yeah, and there was a lot of. Uh, Halo artists and former Halo artists that were there in, like, Artist Alley, too. I hope it's a thing that continues to grow. You know, I hope it's not a thing like baseball cards in the late 90s or whatever where it was, like, exploded in popularity and and then drew back. But I don't know. It's um, it's definitely seems like it's popular right now. Well, we have a friend who works in the comics industry 
and we went to a, a comics party at Comic-Con last year, San Diego Comic-Con, the big one. And uh, I, it, it was weird to be at a party where it was all just comic industry people. And I asked them, I said, you know, you guys, this is called Comic-Con, but it almost seems like movie stuff and now a lot of video game stuff as well. Is there like an undercurrent among the comic people where you don't like this? And they said, no, there's no undercurrent. There's, an, there's no subtext. It is the text. They can't stand it. They can't stand it. They've essentially been pushed out of the, their own con that they've made. And they become like this like sideshow, essentially, to the main attraction. Well, like you were saying at Emerald City Comic Con, there's a there was an emphasis on the indie guys and these obscure titles, which I love. But I can't read a superhero comic now because they're all they're all the same thing. I mean, oh, here's a superhero, and he either dies and comes back to life, or he has to fight a dude that is exactly like him but the evil version for no reason. Yes. And that drives me crazy because, you know, 10 years ago when, like, superheroes were fantastic and now they're just – feels like they're rehashing the same ideas. Does it, does it seem like once a movie comes out, like a major movie comes out, it really just, like, steamrolls the whole genre into what the movie was about? Or I, I, I don't know. I actually don't follow comics that closely, but it seems like – Or I wonder if everyone who makes a comic now is like, what's the best way to make this so it will get picked up and turned into a movie? I don't know. You think so? I don't, I don't follow comics at all. I'm to, talking on my ass. To me, it's always surprising the stuff, the graphic novels that do get turned into movies. Well, like that uh, Bruce Willis movie we talked about last week, Surrogates. Oh, right. That was, was, that, was that a graphic novel? That was a graphic novel beforehand. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm probably – this could be totally stupid what I'm about to say, but I feel like when I, I saw all <laughs> Don't let that stop <laughs> you. 90% probability. <laughs> stop me. I never knew. But it's like it seems like, um, like the way that Iron Man was depicted before the movie – had sort of, I don't know, variances to it. It seems like now the way he's depicted, every single artist's drawing is exactly like how he appeared in the movie. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like Harry Potter. If people were going to draw Harry Potter today, he doesn't quite look like the guy that was on the cover of the novel to begin with, right? Right. He looks a lot more like Daniel Radcliffe suddenly. Yes, exactly. I just think that happens. It's just a branding thing because people become familiar and comfortable with that. And a money thing because everyone wants to cash in what's there right exactly but, yeah but that happens with everything like i i just saw the road the vigo mortensen movie the post-apocalyptic one. Oh and, yeah right and uh i i was talking i forget who i was talking with but they said i was talking about the movie and they said well you should definitely still read the book because the book's great so i went to go buy the book and the original version is gone and the only version that's left is the movie version essentially yeah. with vigo mortensen on the cover the text is still the same but you know they've just rebranded it to so you recognize it yeah you know we got to cash in on that marketing. I mean, they're spending all that money marketing the movie with that with those images. Why not just put it on your cover of your book? I, I mean, I really get the feeling that books, more than anything else, are sold by their cover art. I really do. Like, if you have really good cover art on a book, that can make a book a hit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fiction. Yeah, you know, it seems fiction. like it seems like comic books are the one thing that are not that is not going to uh, lend itself to like the new iPad or the Kindle or anything like that. That's the one thing where you want the physical piece of paper where you want i don't know maybe I'm wrong. no i i want the digital version do you because yeah. i i don't i don't go to comic shops and buy the monthlies because i i have such what, a what short, happens i have a short attention span sure so i read it and i go what's going to happen next well what happens to all the people that have been like stockpiling i'm with you zilla comic books like in their basement what happens to the value of those they go yeah. up i guess they do because yeah the they'll be run, but... they'll be they won't be as many of them because everyone will be looking for digital digital copies but at the same time, it's like we, what we just talked about. There's all these independent artists, all these independent companies making all these. And I'm 
Well, the, unfortunately, Joel, those are just not popular. You know. Yeah. I mean, you could you could if you were a collector, your best bet is to probably to buy those things. And then hope that artist then hits really big. And also, you got also that those people can find their own way to distribute, like through you know an iPad or I'm not sure about how the Kindle works, but if you want, I'm sure they could figure out an iPad distribution where they just have like high quality images that they can sell, you know, that are that you can navigate through, like a little gallery. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably start doing what the music industry picked up a couple of years ago is they'll release the digital version, but then for the collectors they'll re, re, they'll release it on physical media, but you'll get like an art book and. Just the bonus features for the true fans. Yeah. Kind of like how video games have, you know, standard release and then collector's edition. Yeah, and they jack the price up, you know, right. double because you're a collector and you'll you'll fall for it. I yeah. was I was going to say it seems like that's dropped off a bit, but I guess I just stopped paying attention because Modern mm-hmm. Warfare 2 had a pretty ridiculous one. Mm-hmm, with the NVGs? Yeah. Bioshock 2 also had one with uh, the old, like, the LP with all the music and the posters and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I ordered that day one. As mm-hmm. soon as I saw it had vinyl in it, I like, <laughs> must have that. I think the coolest things that games do now is the uh, Avatar Unlockable Awards. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. Cool. Is that, are you liking that? Because that's one of the things you didn't like about achievements. Is I, that, I love that. Yeah. I like being rewarded and getting something, not just an arbitrary number. So it's something that you can showcase. Right. It's like, oh, look at my Avatar. You know, I obviously did that. You yeah. know, and it's just a quick way to look. I don't have to drill down and go through menus and see you know, a, list of, a list of shit. It's like I can choose you know, four or five things that I've done. And have those displayed for everyone to see, you know, at a quick glance. See, that's the WoW player in you. That's the WoW player in me, 100%. You need, you need, you need a way to, like, walk around. Like, and I want my Tier 7 avatar outfit. Oh, here we go. He, he got the WoW look on his face. Yeah, a huge let's smile. talk about it. He's like, I want my avatar, avatar <laughs> to have a mount. <laughs> hmm. So has that stuff where they destroy the world of Warcraft, has that happened yet? No, no, that's when Cataclysm comes out. They haven't announced a release date for that yet. Oh, so that's way long way away. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll be interesting, I, you know. I, I, I feel like I should go around and you know capture video and images of the world as it exists before they destroy it. I, I'm sure you'll be able to find that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want my own perspective, though. Oh, you do? Yeah, like the places <laughs> I went to. You know, who's going to catalog? You know, the fucking island, Echo Islands, off of Senjin Village. That's where I grew up. <laughs> and if you, if somebody, if you look at somebody else's gallery, it's just like it's like who's this dickhead in the middle of my picture? It's like you're looking at somebody else's vacation. Slides. Yeah, I hear you, man. I'm gonna Go. fucking Photoshop myself in there. I'm gonna bet ten dollars you're not gonna do that. No, I'm not gonna do shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about it, and then when the when the expansion rolls around, I'll be like, eh, oh well, fuck it. They'll probably they'll you could probably add it for like five dollars a month to your account. Go back <laughs> to the old places as they used to be. That's funny. I I mean I I think right. I mean no, I doubt that. They've they there's always been discussion about having what they call vanilla servers that are the world as it existed before the expansions. Yeah. You well, know, you know... Level it, 60 is the cap and everything sucks. It's like that in anything. Uh, there's a weird feeling that, you know, you, you can't control the way the world evolves, right? The real world. So in digital environments, whether it's social media, whether you're on Facebook or like us with Box Office Mojo, there's this feeling that you have to resist evolution and change of things and that you want to go back to the way that things were. But you really don't. You no. really, you really don't want them the way they were. Everything sucked. Everything looks better in retrospect, though in your memory. Right, and you're 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 a, attaching some kind of nostalgia to it. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, there's definitely some change that you, I mean, people can make bad changes for sure, you know. But like you talk about the Xbox, if we go back and look at the original bladed dashboard that they mm-hmm. had, that's not the NXC. You wonder, why why did I ever put up with this? You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, you know, in WoW terms, it's like, wow, I used to run Molten Core once a week 
and there was a 2% chance that an item I wanted would drop, and then I'd have to roll against 39 other people to get it. Yeah. Not at all like that anymore. Or it's like you just stopped going to some of these places after a while. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I play WoW every day, but I haven't been to... Terran Mill? Is that a place? Yeah. yeah. All right, look at me. People still go through there. You know, well, you know, like you as a player, though, you have right, to, you right. know what I mean? So things have to change, and things do have to evolve to keep things fresh. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not hinting that we're changing our website in any way. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want people getting upset. We're adding mounts to Red versus Blue. <laughs> and having a petition. <laughs> we're raising the level cap on the Red Army. Yeah, now you'll be able to go to 101 versus 99, <laughs> level 99. Now, speaking of change in World of Warcraft... Uh, what are the chances of you guys moving on to a new MMO completely? Uh, well, we didn't move on to Star Trek uh, and talking about that. that. That didn't seem to hit, and we, we had talked about playing it. We don't really play MMOs. I mean, well, we've all played WoW at some point. The, and ultimately, and I'll, I'll just say it, the problem with Star Trek is that, you know, since we're a video production company, we have almost exclusively all Macs for our editing, and Starcraft, or Star Trek didn't have a Mac client. Yeah, but we have we can dual boot to PC. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm doing that for the StarCraft 2 beta. It's just a pain in the ass. A lot of the listeners were sending us links to a zombie survival MMO that we should try out. That's not really, I don't think, a too well-known MMO. Sounds and, like a great idea. Yeah, it does sound like a great idea, doesn't it? We were talking about it as though it would be a good idea, hypothetically, and they said, well, this thing exists and you should go play it. It's this. And I was like, that's awesome, and then didn't click the link and go see it. <laughs> I, I stay away from MMOs. I have a feeling that that's a hole that I could very easily fall into. That's why I never actually get an account on WoW. I just use my 10-day when they send me, hey, come on back to WoW, free 10 days. I, I did that. I, I played in the open beta, and then once it went live, I, I knew I couldn't do it because I was in college, and, you know, graduating is kind of a big deal. So Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's a big milestone when you're in your education is to finish. No, I, I, knew, I knew guys who didn't finish because they were so addicted to WoW. Everybody... Right Everybody there. knows a guy like that, right? Yeah. 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 And no yeah. guy in this room like that. I didn't finish. They, Fuck they, it. They, they would, they, it's, it's one thing to just decide to not finish college. I mean, that that is your decision. But to just be told that you can't finish because you've been spending like 80 hours a week playing WoW. Well, they just need to offer degrees in WoW. And then we've solved the problem. What you, so what's the most time you've ever logged? Like the game you've played the absolute most of? Probably Unreal Tournament 2004. On, is it PC, on PC? On PC. I, I, I'm an old school PC gamer. Yeah. So uh, I used to play competitively in New York. I would just go to random land parties and try to win stuff and money. And uh, yeah, that that game easily 40 to 60 hours a week. Wow. On, on top of playing other games, like Half-Life 2 would come out. I'd play through the single player and then jump right back into Unreal Tournament. Now, it was Unreal Tournament where they had – it was a 2004 where they had that popular game type where they just had the one-shot, one-kill shock rifles. Oh, yeah. Those were amazing. Yeah, that was that was a fun game type. It was essentially just hit somebody and they're dead. Mm-hmm. They also had uh, vehicles in that one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, something that uh, Unreal Tournament did that a lot of other games didn't pick up on is you could actually do uh, acrobatic-type yes. moves where you could uh, double jump, you could wall jump, and – there used to be this video. I, I can't find it on YouTube anymore. Is this clan basically all they did was stunts, and they didn't modify the game at all. This was all in engine, and it was amazing. That's some cool. The, some of the coolest stuff you've seen, and they would um, they would shoot missiles and uh, this bio rifle acro- across the map and hit these guys. It, it, they just made it look so. so easy. It was that like was, that was 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 like a video showing how badass they are. Yeah. Yeah. 
But but it's not like the Counter Strike. You remember the old school like Counter Strike videos, and you look at that today, and you're like, that game looks terrible. Yeah, he's like, just it's guys made of like four polygons running around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's amazing. But so, you, you're a big Halo fan too. Oh, I love Halo, dude! I have two Halo tattoos. Yeah, you're covered. Zilla is covered head to toe, pretty much, in tattoos of different games that he likes. Are most of your tattoos game game themed? All, all of them are. All every single nice. one. Yes. And your your most recent one is from Skate Two, right? Yep, yep. I have the Killed It Skull Crown logo on my arm. What's your fa- What's your favorite game on the 360? Uh, I would say Halo Three. Easily. Mm-hmm. You should check out uh, High Impact Halo. Dot org. They're guys that do that, what you're talking about. They just do – they focus entirely on tricks and jumps in Halo. Mm-hmm. Like when you're running up uh, uh, on, on the ramp, say, on Blackout, how to jump up and get on the ledge and then jump up so you don't have to, like, walk up the ramps or anything like that. Wasn't there a service, like, years ago when Halo 2 came out, we saw, like, some guy would teach you how to do that? You could pay him? Oh, that's right. He was, and like, a tutor, a he Halo was a tutor. tutor. And you, you, you could pay him and he would teach you how to do all the jumps and everything. He had, like, a couple of demo videos on his website. Was he like a twelve-year-old kid? Uh, he was pretty young, okay. uh, based on the way his voice sounded. <laughs> so that's probably who you want to learn from, honestly. You know, yeah. the, the game yeah. the game that I played the most of by far was Halo Two. I mean, it was just I would, and that was when we were making Red versus Blue, and I was just playing it constantly. And then I would, you know, make videos in it as well. So that that was crazy. I must have played, I want to say twenty five hundred matches in Halo Two. Wow! I think Gavin's got five thousand in there. He's got a ridiculous amount. It's really crazy. I'll you know, him, I'll look him up right now. I'm not sure. I might have more than Gav, which means, which is really embarrassing because I'm not that good. No, no, you're not at all. No, not at all. But, but that also, was the first, to be honest, that was the first game I really delved into was Halo 2. You're also yeah. terrible at Bad Company 2, by the way. I know. I looked you no, up. I'm okay. You're, you're, no, you're, I'm your terrible. skill level is 10. I'm, I'm a 10. Out of 10? No. <laughs> no, sadly, no. For comparison, Jack's skill level is like 135. Oh, well, don't compare me to Jack. He's been playing I, the hell out of that I game. I think mine is like 65 or so. Yeah, I'm terrible. Well, I'm sure you guys go through the same thing where if, if people know your gamer tags and they end up in a match with you, they automatically assume that you're amazing at video games. Do you guys get that? Oh, no, I, try, I try to keep mine anonymous. No, okay. they pretty much know. If they know our names, they know we're not good at video games. Yeah, we're, we're fucking terrible. Oh. Except at Bad Company 2 where, I, where I'm pretty good. Well, do you have anything that delineates you as an Xbox Live employee when you when you get online? Uh, my gamer card actually has a blue watermark uh-huh. that says uh, NXE launch team, and I have some avatar clothes that you can't get anywhere else. So really, yeah, like what? Black chat pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Major Nelson T-shirt, that kind of thing. Actually, I can't remember. There's stuff. There's stuff from the uh, the beta of NXE that you can't. They never put up on the service. So, uh, like, I I have a certain shirt. Uh, Halo shirt that I have multiple colors of, mm-hmm. and they only released like one color because that was like going to be the popular color. So in a way, you would have to kind of know that yeah. that, yeah, that that's yeah. a rare item. See, that, that is the tough part about as the Avatar catalog grows is like you don't really – you see stuff on people. It's like, hey, where'd you get that? You know, And they even introduced the service on Gamer Picks where you could mouse over online and it would tell you where they got it. Like, if I had a gamer pick and I'm like, oh, where'd that person get that gamer pick? That's a really cool one. This is back, you know, before avatars. Mm-hmm. You could go on, like, Xbox.com, pull up your gamer card, mouse over the picture, and it would say, like, for our stuff, it would just say red versus blue. So at least I had some idea where it came yeah, from. Yeah, for the longest time, you had that uh, that rooster head as your avatar, <laughs> and no one knew where you got that from. That that was from... It was, like, one of the original picture packs or something. No, no, no. It was from Outpost... What is was that? Outpost Coloki? Coloki. 20XX? Right. Yeah, that's arcade game. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I played I, for a long time. I had fifty percent of my games played on the three sixty arcade games, and fifty percent were, you know, quote unquote retail games or full games. You know, well, you buy like every arcade game that comes out, don't I you? I pretty much do. I pretty much do. Yep. Well, now I'm bringing this full circle because we talked about the community event yesterday. Did you guys try any of the arcade games we had there? Yeah, I'd never heard of that uh, Snoopy like uh, flying game. Yeah, like the dog fighting game. That was pretty cool. Dog fighting. That's funny. Um, yeah, it reminds me a lot of Crimson Sky. Yeah, it was like a Crimson or, Sky with Peanuts characters. Yeah. And what was the, the Toy Soldiers one? Is that Toy Soldiers is out? Is it out? God, yeah. that one. See, that's the thing. Like, there's so much going on. I can't even keep up with anything. And then that you Risk know? Factions game also looked really cool. Uh, but that was that was back in the corner. I, I like Risk. Is that Risk? Risk? Yeah, it's Risk. Yeah. But uh, Xbox Live Arcade. It has like a slight spin on it. I don't remember exactly. Like the the art direction is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks really really great. I sent you that story the other day, Bernie, right, about the guy, about the Jedi Knight who got fired from the job center in the UK? Yep. The what? I I'm, I'm couldn't be happier that that guy got fired. Apparently, there's a, a 31-year-old Jedi Knight who uh, got fired because he wouldn't take his robe off at the job center at work. Because it's part of his religion. It's part of his religion. Because Jedi is officially a, a recognized religion in the UK. Since 2001. Is it really? Yep. And uh, so then he got fired, and then... How does he that... complained, and then they apologized to Isn't him. Isn't there bigger questions involved in this story than what you're talking about right now? D- does there <laughs> like one... how does Jedi, How does that become a religion? Like something that we all know isn't real. I think it's kind of the point that enough people believe in it, and that you know a, a large portion. Well, no, no, of... no. Is that the point? Is that the point? <laughs> Is that what makes a religion? Enough people buy into it. Well, I mean, if that's, I think the people who Is that like Coke a religion. The people who tried to make it a religion. We're trying to make a point by saying, like, here's something that a lot of people believe in. Well, I know, yeah, I know that's the point they're trying to make. Right. Uh, obviously, but I mean, is it enough? I mean, if you're the government, is that enough for you to go, oh, okay? Is that what makes a religion? I don't, does the government need to the, say it's what, a religion? Her, her boss, or I guess the Jedi's boss, wrote an apology and said, we are committed to provide a customer service which embraces diversity and respects customers' religion. Yes, because if the government endorses it, then you have certain rights and tax <laughs> so, I, no you're you're also applying the rules of this country to the uk it's not necessarily true not every country protects religion no but i'm sure there are certain laws and certain you know endorsements by the government there's got to be right otherwise what's the point there's just so many questions that come up though i mean does their insurance cover the midi-chlorian count test <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly you know, they, I, I mean, like they, there was a thing in the early '90s when the internet was coming up, where it was that Universal Life Church, oh yeah, right, where you could just apply to it and become like a minister or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that's what everyone did, right? You know, but it's, um, I don't know, I'm fascinated. I did by that. that. I had no, I did it too. That, How that, could you that's, not? that's why I performed the wedding ceremony for Jeff and Griffin. That, see, you're the first person to take it to the next level. And then I also performed the wedding ceremony for Griffin's brother. Did you really? Yep. Did you charge anything? Nope. Hmm. They bought me dinner. That's so bizarre what? because they. Uh, a picture just came up recently and like just randomly popped up in my desktop of you in your minister's outfit, <laughs> which was a big black Three Amigos mariachi costume and a huge mustache. Why am I the only one who's like interested in this? <laughs> Is it me? What's that? Isn't that weird? I don't understand. Uh, about the Jedi in the UK? Yeah, yes. I brought it up. Well, no, it- well, the UK actually has a fairly high relative percentage of atheists it's not an overly religious country in fact i just had the wikipedia numbers up here 
Uh, well, that's why the Puritans got the fuck out and came over here, right? In the United Kingdom, these are only European countries that are sampled here. In the United Kingdom, only 38% of respondents said they believe in a god. Wow. That, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and as opposed to Turkey, which was 95%. Wow. No wonder they had trouble getting in the EU. Yeah, Poland. The lowest actually on here was Estonia. 16% of the people said they – only 16% of the people said they believe in God. I think really? DMZilla just caught a, caught a, a glimpse of my costume. Where they would want to believe in a God's probably. I got another one there for you. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I, I've actually seen the picture Gus has up, but the one that Bernie has is pretty epic. Yeah. <laughs> you look like Mario. Not really. You look like no, jumping no. over mushrooms. Not really. It looks like Juan Valdez or something. I don't know what you look like <laughs> in, this, in this photo. You know, if if Mario wasn't Italian American, he would be a mariachi. <laughs> Dude, that mustache, man! It was fucking hot. It was June, in the middle Yo, of June, yeah. and I was wearing that fucking heavy that was, black you outfit. You were dedicated. That was commitment, yeah. dude. The, the, it was so hot, like the 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 adhesive for the mustache kept melting and falling off. I had to reapply that thing like five times. Hmm. I just read an interesting fact on Twitter. What's that? Uh, Steven Toulouse, somebody from your neck of the woods there, Zilla. Yes. Just wrote, Trivia, Tron Legacy's director, Joseph Kaczynski, if I'm reading that correctly, Kaczynski, directed the Gears of War Mad World commercial, and he also directed the Halo 3 Starry Night commercial. Hmm. It's a very interesting, interesting. Ped- pedigree. I would not have known that that I guy directed those known. two commercials. That those, mm-hmm. that those two commercials were directed by the same person. I yeah. thought that Gears of War commercial was... I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the Starry Night commercial for Halo 3 is one of the, the best Halo things I've ever seen. Digital Domain yeah. did the effects for that Starry Night commercial, right? Well, I think he directed it, but yeah, I think they did it. I yeah, mean, they, yeah. you know, they created everything you see. Mm-hmm. It's visual effects. In the, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. discounting you. I'm just saying they, they did the effects. All animated piece, but yeah, it's uh, that and the, the ODST commercial. I wonder who directed that, if that guy will pop up anywhere. Rupert Sanders. He's done a, he's a, he has a very huge, we talked about him before, he has a very impressive library of, uh, of commercial work. Yeah, that thing was pretty cool. We were at the Waypoint booth, and they actually brought in the ODST costumes from that commercial, from that shoot. Uh, how did they look? I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I'd want to see something like that in real life. You know, you it don't. seems like it was. Yeah, it was real cool in the commercial, and I don't want to ruin that illusion and actually see it. Yeah, Light, lighting and post production help a lot. Right, but they're still very cool. There's like nothing that I've ever seen, except from like a handful of items that look good in real life. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I got, I got to look at the actual Wolverine claws when I, I was on the. The first set of X Men, and those looked like unbel- perfect. And they came in this box; it was like a stained box. It was like it was it was fantastic. I, I don't understand how would they look. I mean, they they come out of his hand. They uh, there's a bar, there's a metal bar yeah. that you hold on to, and then they have these subtle things that go in between. You like put them on. Oh, because so they like sit on claws. the end of his knuckles. Yeah, right. And uh, those look like just I don't know. They look like phenomenal. That would be a tough item to then sell. You know, for like sideshow collectibles, because clearly you're making a weapon. <laughs> Make it out of plastic people. or something like Those that. Those look like they could do some actual damage too. And but, like yeah. you pick them up, and they have the weight. You know that you think that they would have, which is like you know rare for props. You know, but that that yeah. saddens me though, because then you watch the Origins movie. That's what it's called, right? Wolverine Origins. Mm-hmm. Yes, Weapon X. Yeah, the... and his claws looked so bad. Maybe it's just me, but when they came out. Like the bone, the yeah, bone. Ones? They look like they yeah. didn't do post processing on them. They just mm. look. You know about the bone ones? You're talking about when they were metal eventually. When they when they were metal. Yeah. Well, when they come out, they're CG, right? Yeah. So yeah, there was some scenes in there where they didn't cut away, and they probably should have, and then cut back to a practical prop in his hand. Yeah, but and they I mean that, that movie came out what a year ago. You have something like Avatar, which actually looks really good, mm. and then you have these metal claws that just I don't know. Maybe they removed all the work that the effects house did that leaked the movie. 
Like, oh, fuck those guys. We're just going to remove all of their effects from the movie. Yeah. There goes their portfolio. I wonder if that did affect, like, some of, some of the final stuff they did on that movie. They were just like, well, shit, you know, this thing's been leaked. Didn't, didn't they supposedly uh, change it up a bit, like change the ending or something? I don't know. What happened? Yeah, fuck, I don't remember. In the original ending, did Wolverine, like, become president? I never, I... <laughs> and they decided to back off of that? Unfortunately, unfortunately, that mo- that I never saw the movie. That movie wasn't. Is there anyone in this room that was a supporter of that movie? Well, I'm a big Lee Schreiber fan. Only because I think if like I get in really good shape, the best I could possibly look is Lee Schreiber. <laughs> That's the be- the best look I could pull off, you know. Or maybe like a half retarded Ben Affleck. I, 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 I was maybe, I was thinking I can maybe get to that level. I was I thinking of Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> well, I'm assuming if I work out, I'm assuming you know best case scenario here. So you know what I was, you know you know who I got the that I looked like the most when I was in high school. What's that? I. They said I looked like Neil Patrick Harris. They, they, in fact, for a while they even called me Doogie. So if you want to see like what, you know, the the road less traveled for Neil Patrick Harris could have been, just look at me. He could have turned out like this. I'm sure that's a, that's a sobering thought for him. <laughs> Wherever he is, he just got to chill up his spine. <laughs> He's staying away from the craft service table at this point. <laughs> I think I'll shave today. Is what he's saying. <laughs> nah, I don't want that beard. So what else is going on, Mr. Goose? Um, apparently this week, uh, or this past week at South by Southwest, Robert Rodriguez showed off a teaser for the new Predators movie. I heard good things. Yeah. And, uh, I saw it. I found, uh, you, they, I guess he also released it on the internet and you can watch it. Looks, looks really cool. I can't wait to see it. The weird thing about it to me though, is that I, I haven't seen anything, but I read reports of it and they were talking about the different classes of Predator that are yes, shown they, in the trailer. They talked about that as well. And how... Rodriguez is apparently introduced in the fiction that there's different types of predators now, like fast predators mm-hmm. and stealth predators. And I guess there's like the bookworm scientist predator <laughs> or something. I don't know. Somebody had to invent those spaceships for them. And I had that same feeling hearing that uh, that I had when I first heard that Valve was putting in the super zombies or the special infected mm-hmm. into Left 4 Dead. It just didn't seem right. But that turned out to be it worked. A, a really great choice. So. It's, al- it's also reminiscent. I mean, we don't know much about it. We just know what we've seen in the multiplayer trailer. But it's also reminiscent of, like, the loadouts in Halo Reach, where it looks like Spartans have different abilities based on the loadouts they choose. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I want to apply gameplay balance, though, to a narrative, you know, but I don't know. We don't have to worry about balance in a narrative in a movie. <laughs> it's like, hmm, the stealth predator's overpowered. We need to nerf him in the next patch. Well, no, I mean, I was I was, <laughs> I was with you, like, on the, on the zombies with Valve, where I was like, I'm not sure this is a good idea because they're not zombies anymore, but, man, the gameplay on that game is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Right. But I have that feeling about the movie, and uh, I don't know. You know, I'm the same way. Like, when I see, when I see the jetpacks in Halo, I don't have a negative or positive feeling about seeing that. I just look at it, and I haven't played it, and all I can say when I see it is, that is remarkably different. But although I, I have absolute faith that the thing that Bungie does better than anybody else is exceptional gameplay. So I just know it's going to work. I just have faith yeah, as a I, fan. I have total... I want to play it. Yeah. I, when I saw that trailer, I almost fell out of my chair. Because I used to play a lot of Wolfenstein Enemy Territory. Yeah. And it was the World War II game, but they added jetpacks. And... That completely changed multiplayer for me. See, jetpacks make everything better. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a company, I found a company in Australia that is... Except Marissa Miller. We talked about this. Jetpacks do not make Marissa Miller better. They don't make supermodels better. I must have missed that. Because then they get away from me. There's a company in Australia, I'll show you the link, that's uh, manufacturing jetpacks. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. They're like $75,000. 
Yeah, and and it sounds like you you're in a blender. <laughs> it's the loudest hey, sound ever. It's the it's a beta test. What do you want? And, it's like how big an attention whore could you be? You know what I mean? You're <laughs> flying around, and everyone around you within a mile can't hear it's anything sound like else. A mo- it's like the dudes on the motorcycles. <laughs> you know, we got to get one for shorts now. We got to find a way to incorporate. Well, a I figured. I figured what we could do is this would be a good rig for the camera. <laughs> attach the camera. We'll to just the... attach one expensive item to another expensive item that's filled with rocket fuel and see what happens. It oh. looks like it looks like the guy's wearing two turbines pointed at the ground. It looks hmm. like really dangerous just to navigate in the thing at all. It looks really so. How jets d- are needed to hold the thing up to right. get into it? So like. I mean, I, I haven't seen this thing at all. I just saw like the headline. Are they? Are they like, like? It was like the the blurb of the company was like it was our. We met in 1980, and the goal of the company was to produce the first the world's first jetpack that didn't kill you. <laughs> you know, it's like we're successful. So, so did you really have to be careful, of, like when you land, that like there's no one below you. Like, will you burn up people or they, like they knock show, them out of the they way? They show they have video of like the, the the tests, and it's like dudes with ropes and stuff, and like just everyone. Like he starts it up, and everyone just like takes that you know three steps back <laughs> sort of deal. It's like yes, this is, totally works. And, it's not dangerous at all. And what kind of company history is that? I mean, I mean. We got together in 1980 and decided we were going to make a jetpack. I mean, I'm sure a lot of companies start that way, but they end with, and then we sobered up. <laughs> we, went, <laughs> yeah, we went back to work. They end with, then my mom told me to clean my room. <laughs> yeah. Then after I cleaned the room, we met again in the clubhouse. <laughs> How do you get venture capital for something like that? It's so what? crazy. No, it's funny that you say that, too, because when you go through the bio, it was like, you know, it was like we first we decided that we were going to start, you know, making a company with jetpacks. And then like 10 years later, it's like we convinced some investors <laughs> and they convinced some uh, fund, some equity fund that's based out of like New Zealand <laughs> something to like endorse this. We were very drunk at the time. We convinced <laughs> these guys. Exactly right. This, this invention well, can make only that... come out of Australia. No, this you, is... knew, you said New Zealand. Well, no, no, no. The backers are from New Zealand. The company's Australia. Oh, okay. No, that's it. Well, wow. you, you can understand why New Zealand would have an interest. Rocket-powered sheep? I think it's the future. Well, that's the thing. It's like they had plenty of subjects to Space test it sheep. out on first, right? You gotta I mean, get, how I mean if ro- we're going to colonize the moon, you have to get the sheep there somehow. How many how many rocket packs with sheep attached to them <laughs> did they go through before it was like, they, okay, we could strap a human to this? <laughs> how many pictures of UFOs in New Zealand? <laughs> Somebody was thinking, does that look like a sheep? <laughs> they just have random craters in their hillside with wool around the outside. Exactly. So then they saw flock and they were like, motherfucker. Test subject A, flock. <laughs> Holy cow. You know, there, there should be. We should do a whole award ceremony just for arcade games that come out during the year. But just weren't you telling me about a model rocket that you had as a kid, where you could put a hamster in a little compartment? And what a in? great idea! For the record, I never owned that model that is rocket. The, that's the only purpose and for hamsters, the, isn't it? All the displays on it, like all the art on the outside the of that rocket, only like, reason showed you putting like grasshoppers or bugs in it. But every, you know, everyone fucking bought the that and put a hamster in it. Only reason to get a hamster <laughs> is to like to teach your child death. Like that's the first step in teaching your child death is getting a hamster. Is, am I am I wrong? I, I never, I never, I actually owned that rocket, but it seemed like a cool idea when I was a kid. To put a hamster inside a no, rocket? No, 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 like to, to have a compartment and like launch stuff. I, I never thought to put a hamster in. I wasn't fucking Ted Bundy or, God, that's fucking demented. <laughs> or like the weird neighborhood kid. <laughs> we were talking can you, can about Can you still this... do that? Is that like a national security risk now? Like launching stuff up in the air? No, yeah, right? Do you remember how this came about? This came about because somebody who uh, attends the local university, the University of Texas at Austin, uh, came by to visit us. He's a Red versus Blue fan, and he's in aerospace engineering. And he was talking about 
how he was in the middle of doing a project where he was going to launch a rocket to 59,000 feet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, or that something. Is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It might have been it might have been 85. Like, I, it was a high number I, I, I thought that I, felt well above where planes go. But I guess 59,000 is way up there. So planes usually at 35,000. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like I, it was, I I it was about eight and a half miles. Synchronous orbit. That's <laughs> if I heard sailing point, but I don't know. Yeah, he can, he can correct us. He, he'll probably listen to this. Eight and a half miles is only like forty five thousand. Maybe it was eighteen then miles. Eighteen. Yeah. He said you miles, had to uh, so. like let the FAA know, right? Yeah, he said you had to let the FAA know. Hmm. That when I wonder what that rocket. cap is. Like, I wonder what that altitude, like, when, what altitude you pierce, you have to notify the FAA. I don't like, know. like a typical model rocket probably only goes like one or two thousand feet. You have to let the FAA know about that. I'm always freaked out when I see people in private planes flying around fireworks. Oh, shit. Did you hear about that private plane that crashed yesterday? No. It was in South Carolina on the beach. This pilot was flying like a little, you know, single prop engine plane. It was him and one passenger. The propeller fell off the plane. And, uh, in flight? In flight. And, uh, like, oil shot up and, like, started obscuring the windshield so he couldn't see. So he started trying to glide the plane down and landed on the beach. He successfully landed. Him and the, him and the passenger were okay. He hit a jogger on the beach from behind who never heard the plane coming because the prop was gone. Hit and killed a jogger on the beach. With a plane. With a plane that, as he was crash landing it. Wow. Man, he had to fill out the insurance forms on that. <laughs> it's like the, the... It was in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Wow, it's probably somebody on vacation then. Yeah, it was, a, it was. It was a doctor from Georgia who I think was out there for a conference and was jogging on the beach with like an iPod on and headphones. And the plane came from behind him and hit him. You know, that's crazy. I read a story that was a follow-up to a, a helicopter that crashed, like a traffic helicopter or a police helicopter. And it hit a dude who was wearing an iPod, and he didn't hear it coming. And mm-hmm. didn't, you know, didn't know, to, I guess, until the last minute, last second to look up and got hit by a helicopter. And you just don't think about it. I'm sure it's the was last that, thing that? that guy thought about while jogging on oh, the beach. God, what, what was he fucking thinking about? You know, what's, what's going through your head? Like, you're jogging, I'm you're sure running. I hope I don't get hit by You're dead. Plane. I know. I know. Like well, instant. What was, was he thinking? Th- jogging on vacation. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> on the beach. Maniac. God. What was it like the story you hear about the guy in like this full scuba suit in the middle of the woods? Oh, that's a fucking urban legend. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. iPods are the new. <laughs> oh, the new scuba father. suit. Might Basically, the second you put on the earphones, your life is in danger. Like, you think so? I don't know. We're all wearing earphones right now. We better watch out for planes. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, like, I think they tried that marketing campaign. It didn't sell as well. <laughs> your life is in danger. <laughs> You will get hit by something you don't hear. That was always a talk about when the uh, uh, was it the Prius or the Prius. How do you say the Toyota? Yeah, the Prius. Prius. That because they run on batteries in urban environment, that they don't make as much noise, and so mm-hmm. people are constantly pedestrians are getting hit by these cars. Oh, and they've talked about that with the car in the Southern California, right? Where uh, the one you wanted to buy was it the Tesla? The Tesla. The Tesla. Yeah. yeah. The, the, because they're running bad when they're in battery mode. But the Tesla always is. But yeah, you can't hear it at all. You can't hear it. It just rolls up on you. Mm-hmm. People will step off the curb right in front of the damn thing and get knocked over. That would suck. Yeah, that would suck. I know a girl got hit by a bus like that. She was uh, at one of those places, one of those intersections where lots of buses are. And uh, You mean she, the one out in front of our office? Yeah, yeah. But she, this was on campus. And she saw her bus across the street. It looked like it was about to leave, so she stepped off the curb to run to go to it. And like somebody pushed her really, really hard. And she fell down and looked back up. And the the person that pushed her was a bus and had just, like, just started moving forward and had Ugh. just knocked her. And she said the bus driver was, like, leaning way over, like, right on oh top my of God. her. Like, he, he had the scaredest look on his face. I've seen so many terrible videos on the internet like that. That but yeah. involve a lot more speed. The dude who uh, landed the plane in the Hudson is retiring. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. And they should send him off with the biggest pension you could possibly imagine. 
Just, yeah. I hope he doesn't go jogging on the beach. Yeah, no kidding, right? I wonder what he'll do now. I wonder if he'll be like some kind of, uh, you know, safety consultancy or uh, some kind of lobbyist for, you know, aviation safety. It seems like he could parlay oh, yeah. that celebrity into, uh, into sure. like lobbyist or consultancy work. He didn't really monopolize on it, though, you know, or take advantage of it. He's got a book. Does he? I, yeah. I, I totally oh. joined his Facebook group. So. I take it. I don't think that's his Facebook group. You think he made his own? <laughs> no, some other dude started it. I gotta get him. What's, the, what's this thing you have up on your screen about Halo Creators have Bungie Aerospace? Yeah, I guess uh, it came out this week that Bungie applied uh, a trademark on the name Bungie Aerospace along with this logo. Wonder what it means. I don't know. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk about it. It's uh, I guess it's a filing with the U.S. Patent Trade Office, Trademark Office. See, it's an interesting thing because there's actually gaming companies that are associated with real aerospace projects. Right, and that's what this talks about. Like John Carmack has yeah. that Armadillo Aerospace company, which uh, they is... were pretty close to winning the X Prize. Yeah, they were really close. I think they were. I think they were second, weren't they? They were second or third. They were. They, they were up there with uh, Jeff Bezos' they actually... project. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were uh, for the X Prize. They were up there, and I, I'm pretty sure that they had a launch date. That they were going to make. There were all these rules that you had to go up twice, right? Right. Yes. And you had to go up within a certain time frame. Right. Right. And that they were – I think they were filing a protest. If the last thing I heard about Armadillo uh, for the for the people that actually did win. Like they were just – but they they were just doing it on a formality basis and everyone kind of knew that these people were going to win the Express. Yeah, I think Armadillo had a launch that was that ended up being unsuccessful. Is that what it was? I think so. You know, if I'm going to make – Does anybody know what their sort of project looked like at all? Uh, like I know the guys that won. I know the guys that won. It was like it was like basically like an airplane that got to high orbit. Then it like was like sort of a feather. Where technically what? it's called low orbit. Low orbit. I'm sorry. But well, they didn't go orbit. Was it a rocket? Did they literally? I, I have no clue. I have no clue. It looked kind of like this, actually, like the bunch of aerospace logo, if I recall properly. It was kind of like a cone. It was weird looking. And I think yeah. it had like three legs on it. It looks like something out of a 50s sci-fi movie. Supposedly they're about to start beginning those flights uh, out in New Mexico where they're going to be doing 200000 bucks a seat. And they're building a spaceport right now in New Mexico. I read about it, I think, in, it was either in Forbes or that terrible magazine that's in the seat back pockets of American Airlines like I, flights. I mean, I American Way? Yeah. How dare you, sir? You you like that magazine? I love American Way. See, I would want to accomplish something. I wouldn't want to just go, you know, if it's just a deal where you take off from New Mexico, land in New Mexico. I would want to take off in New Mexico, land in Australia. Well, no, no. That, that's actually the spaceport. That's what they're saying. Is where that... you can buy your jetpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Jetpack jet and jetpack back. But they, no, they're saying that the, the actual long-term application of this is that it's not going to be for space travel, but for really awesome globe what is that? I was way off. That's the Armadillo Aerospace uh, vehicle. What? That's a... Well, that looks perfectly safe. <laughs> it looks like four giant fuel tanks. It looks like somebody that lives about 100 miles outside of Dallas would have made. I mean, that's exactly what it looks where, like. Where would you put the person on that? I don't, I don't know. It looks like a barbecue oh grill. <laughs> There's like parts falling off of it when it launches. It, it looks like something from the 70s that they thought, you know... Sp- space travel was going to look like it looks like artist concept a 50s sci-fi book cover yeah but it's like there was this weird period in the 70s with sci-fi stuff where everything was bulbous like that in the in the 50s everything was looked like fins from a cadillac you know and that that thing looks like almost like organic in a weird way it looks like it it, looks like four bombs tied together it looks like the ship from the old game lunar lander did you ever play that game that's what it looks like with the big handle on it yeah that's what it looks like 
What you, you look, would have you to look, hide. I'm trying to remember. You like you said, this, you said shape from me before I would get on that. You said there was 70s sci-fi. You know, looked like bulbous. I know there was a movie or a ship that I always like, think is very it's like iconic, concept like that. Art from 2001. I can't think of, it's like space, I can't think of what space it was. 1999. Yeah, something like that. Like that era yeah. and the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't picture it. It's gonna drive me crazy. All right. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Which uh, it's sure. about lunchtime. Let's go eat some food and get Zilla back to Seattle. Let's go eat some food and enjoy South by Southwest. All right. Hey, well, I think I saw that the, they're setting up some music downstairs. Oh, that's great. Can't wait. Uh, right. Don't forget, we're going to be uh, at PAX uh, East, and we'll have a panel on Saturday, March 28th. Gus, is that correct? 27th. March 27th is definitely the Saturday at 3 p.m.? 3.30. 3.30 p.m.? Major Nelson's panel starts at 3, go there for 30 minutes, then come to ours. Think that's the way it should work? <laughs> sure, why not? So go into his for 30 minutes and then come in. Well, why don't we split the difference? Well, is, is, is he has an hour? Well, why don't we? Okay, go to his. We promise to just delay and be. we'll, we'll start half an hour late. Right. I'll try to give out the details at the beginning. Yeah, about to correct me. I went ahead times. and updated our events page on roosterteeth.com. Great. So you can see uh, all of our upcoming events. We have PAX East Boston. We have a showing at the Alamo Draft House here in Austin. Yes. Which has sold out like three times already, and they keep moving us to a bigger theater. Uh, I think the next theater we're going to is the IMAX. Uh, not really. <laughs> and uh, then after that, 3D no, on the desktop. Nothing till uh, nothing till the summer. And Zilla, you have actually seen some of the new red versus blue stuff. Are you excited? I I am speechless. <laughs> I, not not even not even being sarcastic. Like I I am very very excited. Good. I'm glad you liked it. I hope everyone likes the stuff that we're going to be doing this season. I really do. We're very excited about it, and we can't wait to show it to you. Thank All right. you. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Bye.